brother works for oh Disney shit sorry and... my airpod died oh god oh scared the shit you. out of me you were frightened i'm frightened any i'm frightened any i'm i'm frightened any i'm frightened any am any am i hate us there's a cold open for you Hello, and welcome to Poor Unfortunate Podcast. I'm Connor Perkins. And I'm Caroline A. Meddy. Welcome to everyone who is new here and joining us for the first time. We love having you. And for those of you who are joining us again, it's so great to have you back. Make sure that you hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you are listening to this podcast. That way, all of our episodes, including any bonus content, gets downloaded immediately to your device so you don't miss anything because that would suck and if you know and love us it would be so nice if you could go leave us a little five-star review on apple Podcasts because it really just helps get the podcast in front of new listeners and a little bit goes a long way and it also really makes our day when we read them so thank you in advance we read all of them yeah it's like we send them to each other yeah (laughs) it's yeah it's probably not healthy but you know we're actors we thrive on criticism and and positive reinforcement mostly positive reinforcement please give us positive (laughs) (laughs) we're we're fragile right now yeah yeah yeah. um all right so now that that's out of the way uh caroline what's new well here's a fun thing that i heard about watching my disney vloggers as i as i do Apparently, there is a big overhaul of the Carousel of Progress coming up. Oh, yeah. And Tom Hanks is slated to be the new narrator. Fuck me, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of into it. That's perfect. I, I, I'm like, I can't wait. I love the Carousel of Progress, and I just like want it to be freshened up. I mean, you also kind of have to, because now when they get into the future section, it's like, this is all shit we have. Yeah, and I'm a... I'm a little sensitive about the things that Walt made, but it, this one, it's time, and I trust what they're going to do with it. Yeah. And I love it, and I just want it to be the best that it can be, and I think Tom Hanks is the only answer. Yeah. And then if we get a live-action Carousel of Progress movie with Tom Hanks, I'm okay with that, too. That would be interesting. hmm I don't know. Time Folks, travel? I don't know. Something. You yeah. heard it here. hmm Disney, I know you're listening to this fucking podcast. <laughs> Caroline <laughs> said it. Talk to her about rights. She'll sell them to you. Come to me. Oh, here's a fun thing that happened. So I recently made a new friend, and his brother works for Disney Parks in their, like, nighttime show division doing, like, technical creation mm-hmm. stuff. And mm-hmm. he couldn't tell me literally anything, but he has seen Harmonious. And I'm... When I tell you that on the Zoom call, I shut my computer when he told me this, (laughs) I'm not lying. (laughs) I was so angry that someone 
who's not me has seen it. I know. And I know. If anybody has that. any ins here, please, please, please. I hate that. I hate that for me. But <laughs> all he said is, it's amazing. It's incredible. Oh, and I'm just like, God. yeah, I know. I know. Oh, but they've got the arch installed. Everyone's making jokes about the arch because they're like, this eyesore. And I'm like, yeah, I haven't turned the fountains on yet. Let them the, turn what the did fountains you call them? on. The majestic fountains of something. Glory of or glory. something like yeah. that. Let them, let them turn the majestic water on. Like, please. Come on. <laughs> Though today I saw, because I follow Zach Ridley, who is Disney Imagineer, um, they uh, rose up the 12 flags of Epcot. In the front that are all the logos of the some of the original designs for mm. the lands. Mm. Uh, those, like, logos that they created. And they put those up today. And they look beautiful. Okay. Okay. The new entrance to Epcot looks beautiful. I love all the flags. I love the new fountain look. I, I love it. I gotta be there. I need to feel it. I need to be there and feel it. We need to go. I think the, I think the vibe of this new Epcot is gonna... It's one that I think a lot of people, including myself, when they originally announced it, met with a lot of, like... And I think part of that is also because a lot of us knew that something needed to happen, but it's just like, where do you start? Mm-hmm. And they they were like, okay, we're going to throw paint on this canvas and we're going to like start making some some efforts. And what we've seen now of the picture coming together, I have loved so far. So with this like new entrance way to Epcot, I'm loving it. So mm-hmm. I feel much more confident hearing this stuff about what kind of a show we're getting in Harmonious, how it's just blows everything else out of the water, like world of color, happily ever after, like all of it. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm here for it. I'm in love with a new nighttime spectacular. I haven't even seen it. (laughs) I'm a slut for spectacles. (sighs) And Disneyland announced that they're sort of, they're not opening, of course, but they're going to be introducing a ticketed event that I- I'm a little unclear about what it is. It-, it will include characters. It will include part of California. Part of California Adventure is already open. Buena Vista Street is already open. But it will be a ticketed event including characters and experiences just as a way to start bringing people back into park property. Interesting. I guess if I lived in California, I'd probably pay up and go. But for, for me, I was like, I'm paying to have access to shopping where I can spend more money. But yeah, I feel bad for California. They've had no Disneyland for a year. It's tough. It's tough. So that's coming up. You know, this actually isn't Disney news, but I want to share it because I saw it today. I didn't really look too much into it because I just sort of quickly saw this headline scrolled past it. But, you know, Broadway's not open right now. But I saw that some Broadway theaters are going to be opening for some pop-up experiences Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like just opening their doors so there are little things going there and i love that idea i love that we have these spaces that we can't use them right now in the way that they are set up to so we're looking at different ways in which we can use the spaces for other things so i love that Mm -hmm. i mean i also feel like every broadway theater could easily be a mass vaccination spot in the city Mm -hmm. get some stage managers on that shit and they will get it done. the stage managers should have been on this from the start Uh, yeah we would all be vaccinated by now i stage managers for president that's what i'm saying (laughs) but that was just something that like gave me a little little new jolt of hope a little Mm -hmm. nice thing that something is happening with these theaters because they've just been they've just been sitting there Mm, i I can't even think about it oh god yeah oh by the time that you all will be listening to it, Ryan and the Last Dragon will have premiered 
in theaters and on mm-hmm. Disney Plus Premiere Access. Yeah. That's happening this coming Saturday. So mm-hmm. I'm really excited to see what happens with that. But I'm excited for Raya and the Last Dragon. I'm Me like too. it's I'm loving the fact that Kelly Marie Tran is getting this moment for her. I know. Because she deserves it. Oh my God. Oh, and I thought of this because I just watched an interview with Aquafina. She talked a little bit about the Little Mermaid in this interview that I was watching. And oh, yeah. apparently they've announced another new cast member for the movie. They did. And people in the comments of the article were like, oh, yeah, she's going to be Vanessa. But we, it's pretty much confirmed that we already have a Vanessa. So I literally have no idea who this actress is going to be playing. She's like around Halle Bailey's age. So maybe one of her sisters. I don't know. But we've got a new cast member. So interesting. Yeah. So... This episode, this is our last tips and tricks episode of season one. So we wanted to sort of return to basics, kind of like where we started. And we turned to our listeners to ask us some questions about some tips, some tricks and things like that, um, that would help you. So this is like our mailbag kind of episode, if you will. And we have a bunch of questions and... We're going to go through them and answer them as best as we can and give you our take on it. So, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) For what it's worth. (laughs) All right. So I will preface by saying we have a lot of questions and a lot of you actually asked the same questions. So there's definitely going to be some overlap and hopefully you'll hear your question and hear it answered. So let's start with some Disney Plus questions because I feel like WandaVision is the big thing Mm. just came to an end by the time people are listening to this. So I think we should start with this question that we have where it says, I want to watch WandaVision, but haven't seen all of the MCU. For those of you who don't know, MCU means Marvel Cinematic Universe. So Mm. all the Marvel movies. And this person asks, will I know what is going on? (laughs) So I would say... WandaVision is interesting enough for you to follow if you have not seen all of the MCU. However, so much of what the Marvel Cinematic Universe is about is building off of so many different pieces in a way that, honestly, I haven't really ever seen in film and now TV before. So... I really, really recommend investing some time to see at least some of the movies that are part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. My recommendation for starting with WandaVision, I think you should really just follow any of the films that feature Wanda Maximoff, played by Elizabeth Olsen, or Vision, played by Paul Bettany. So I would say you would probably have to have seen The Avengers Age of Ultron, Captain America Civil War, uh, The Avengers Infinity War, Avengers Endgame. Mm -hmm. I feel like at least those four will give you enough of a sense of what is going on and the way that this world kind of works. Um, I would also recommend reading. There's so much out there. There's 
I mean, you can get lost in the Marvel Cinematic Universe Wikipedia pages. And there's so much that you can learn just there to fill in yourself if you don't necessarily have the time to invest in the movies. I think if you can't invest in the full MCU, those four movies are a great place to start before you go into WandaVision. But at the same time, there is enough just in WandaVision that you can appreciate. Um, So, yeah. I might also throw Captain Marvel in there, too, mm-hmm. to watch Captain Marvel. I might yeah. just toss toss that one in, too. Yeah, and if you want to watch just if those few that Connor mentioned, that's kind of what I haven't seen all of the Avengers movies. I've seen a, a good amount. But then you can watch those, and then if you don't want to watch all of them, you can pop onto YouTube, and there are some really great Marvel Cinematic Universe summaries that people have made. And I actually watched one of those the other day after the most recent episode of WandaVision, and it cleared up a couple of things for me. And it was actually really interesting. So you could do it that way, too, if you want to watch one of those, like, 20-minute breakdowns of the of the whole universe. Yeah. Um, and then I think, honestly, we can just sort of roll that right into this other question that we have about orders in which to watch the Avengers movies and the MCU. There are a lot of different orders to watch them in. A lot of people swear by the order in which they they were released, um, which is a perfectly fine way to watch them. Personally, I find the one that is on tech radar to be my definitive version for watching. It goes chronologically. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't always make sense for the cutscenes that usually happen in the in the after bits of Mm -hmm, them, but mm -hmm. sometimes they do. But that's the way that I've, I think, first watched them. I I mean, I had watched some as they came out, and then when I finally went through, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to commit, and I'm going to watch all of them. That's how I watch it myself. That's how I watch it with my dad. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So that's usually the one that I recommend to people. I think that's a really good version. And I'm sure that there are probably some Marvel people who are like, someone murder this person for saying this. That is the worst version to watch this ever. And that very well may be. I am not a huge comic book person, but as an actor, as a director, as a storyteller person, that made the most mm. storytelling sense to me. And that so is that's fair. the way I approach yeah. it. In terms of Star Wars movies, which they asked about orders, mm-hmm. you know, there's the classic, you know, order in which they were released, four, five, six, one, two, three, seven, eight, nine. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with that one. Uh, there's also the chronological one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. That's how I first watched Star Wars. I kind of vote for That's that. That's how you watched it. Yeah, yeah, I loved it that way. Nice. It was really enjoyable that way to really watch everybody grow up. It's fun. I will say, I experimented with this other version that's come out that is more that is puts Anakin as the protagonist, mm. um, and that is starting with a new hope. Then going to Empire Strikes Back, so four five, mm-hmm. and then after Empire Strikes Back, jumping back in time to the origin story of Anakin and going oh. one two three, and then jumping forward to oh. six, oh. and then Ooh. finishing the saga out that way. Which okay. I experienced that, and that was a lot of fun. Okay, so that's cool. I I mean, that's one of the really cool things I think about Star Wars and the order in which you can watch it. Really, kind of changes the way that the story is being told and who is the person that we're paying attention to in the story. Mm-hmm. So I would say there really isn't a, isn't a bad way to watch star Wars. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's all, I think it's all good. It's all fun. And you know, there are movies that you probably will want to watch more than once. So yeah, especially if you, you jump know, into watching, different ways. if you jump into watching clone wars, 
then you're going to want to go back and watch specific movies again. It's, yeah, it's something that yeah. you can keep coming back to. Yeah. Clone Wars, I really enjoy that, too. Clone Wars is really good. Yeah. I will also say, you know, some of these other spinoff movies, Solo and Rogue One, don't sleep on those mm-hmm. either. Oh, I, my gosh. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of people who hate it on Solo. I loved Solo. I still I need to fun. see that. Oh, my God. I feel no shame in saying it because, I honestly, all Star Wars is good Star Wars. That's mm-hmm. where I am. Mm-hmm. You know what? I'll take it all. Yeah. But Rogue One is one that every single time I watch it, it just gets better and better mm-hmm. and better and mm-hmm. better. And if you're going to watch Rogue One, watch that immediately before you see a new hope because that literally mm, goes the final right. scene of Rogue One goes right into the beginning scene of a new hope. Mm. So that's super fun to watch. Yeah, gorge. I love those questions. Yeah. Those were fun. I oh. like that those two went hand in hand mm-hmm. and they were from two different people. And we don't get to talk about that stuff a lot. We don't talk a lot about We don't Star Wars we haven't really talked about Marvel and Star yeah. Wars. I think it's I think we've shied away from it because I don't feel like I'm an expert right. on either. Yeah, me and me even less so. Yeah. And so yeah. and like there are a bunch of other podcasts that really kind of dive deep very much into those fandoms. Mm-hmm. But thank you very much for affording us the chance to thank sort you for of for letting us dip our toe dip in. our toes in there. Because I've I've tried to learn a lot about mm-hmm. these and yeah. I kind of stay up to date. I'm I still play Battlefront 2 on my Xbox One and I beat the shit out of nobody because all the, you know, small children snipe (laughs) me from 150 yards away and I can't even (laughs) hold my ground. But thank you for this opportunity and I hope we can include some more Marvel and Star Wars in season two. We're going to work up to that. All right. Moving right along, we have quite a few questions regarding Disney shopping and merchandise, which... (laughs) We do know quite a bit about, so I hope we can personal we, shop for you. <laughs> we do. Probably more than we should. Yeah. Yeah. So one of our first questions about shopping says, best, cutest, but affordable Disney jewelry. All right. I've got a few options for you here. If you're going for extremely affordable, like single digits here, I would go to Hot Topic. I say it all the time. I love that we have a question coming up that says, where else can I go besides, besides Hot, topic, Hot Topic? And we will get there too. <laughs> but if you want very cheap, definitely go to Hot Topic. That's more, as we've as we've talked about before, a little bit more novelty. But if you're looking for subtle, for my birthday, one of my lovely friends sent me this beautiful necklace that I'm actually wearing right now. And it is the second star to the right in gold. Yes. And it is from this small shop that I actually did not know about before that is called Make It Mini. And so you can find them on Instagram um, and they have their own website. And it's a lot of very subtle, affordable, modern adult Disney jewelry. And it's all like the necklaces are in like the $40 range. But this, I wear this every day. And I'm always a little bit self-conscious about wearing like Disney in my everyday life. But this is just subtle. It goes with every outfit. And I, it's my new favorite piece of jewelry. So I would go check out Make It Mini, especially because we've never plugged them before. So I want to give you yeah. guys somewhere new. Also, F those people who make us feel bad about liking Disney. I hate that. I know. I, I I'm working that. on just letting it all go. We're getting there. I know. But I know what you mean. I know <laughs> yeah. what you mean. Yeah. We, we're all there. I'm there. That's part of the reason why this question is up here. Yeah. <laughs> so one of our listeners said, I already have classic Disney ears but I want another pair as well. Any recommendations? Oh my goodness. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So my first suggestion would be maybe don't even buy a pair of quote unquote ears that are Mickey shaped. One of my favorite Disney headpieces um, is from Toy Story Land. And it's a headband that, you know, you wear the same way as the ears, but it's 
one of the green aliens. So it's three eyeballs and like the yeah. top of their green head and an antenna that lights up and the eyeballs light up and they move. <laughs> that might be a lot for some people. Um, but for me, when I wore those in the parks, I did not wear anything else Disney with it. Like I wore a regular old outfit. So it didn't feel like it was too much. So if you want to really go somewhere else, I've seen slinky dog headbands. So you could go totally outside of the realm of ears. But if you still want to stick with ears, there are new ones coming out every week, it feels like. Yeah. Um, every week. Yeah. Just pick a character that you love and wait to see what that looks like. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Um, and, you know, you can't go wrong if you're going the more subtle route. I always like to recommend, I love my rose gold Minnie Mouse ears. And it's just mm-hmm. something that just like the classic ears, it, it goes with a lot of things. So if you, yeah. if you, but there's also, I've seen a new pair that's um, donuts. So there's the sky is the limit. And those are two places that you can start. Yeah. I would also, I don't know if they still have these anymore. But the last time I went to Disney World, that was when they were coming out with the illuminating Mm. mouse ears Mm -hmm. that would sync up with the nighttime spectaculars. And the mouse ears would light up as an effect in the nighttime spectaculars. I don't know if they still have those or if they revamped them in any way. But I will say, at first I was like, I don't want one. And then I was like, you know what? I kind of want one. Isn't that how it always goes? (laughs) It really is. But I have to tell you, I bought it right before I saw Fantasmic. And the feeling of wearing these and, like, seeing the effect around the stadium of, like, what these ears were doing and knowing that I was a part of that was a feeling that I've never had in a nighttime spectacular before. It was a new experience. And that was really, really cool Mm -hmm. and special. Yeah, I like that. I think we should probably go right into the, like the next question since we're on the topic of ears about mouse ears if you're part of a bridal party mm-hmm. or part of like a, a groom's party or whatever. Yeah. This is where the small shops are where it's at. Or like you sure. definitely have like the classic like grooms um, and brides things that they have in Disney, which definitely like if you're going to go to Disney World, like get those. The top hat that they have for the guys with the ears classy af (laughs) but in terms of like something for your bridal party or your groom's party small shops they can do so much usually they specialize in like florals i've seen like so many i was gonna say i imagine the bride in her white ears maybe some maybe you buy that from disney you get the veil but then I imagined if we're going with the bridal party, everyone else could do the customized floral ones. I think that'd yeah. be so cute in the wedding colors. Yeah, where oh. they're wired and they just look they just look very clean and very like. They look classy. more like flower crowns with a subtle ear. I love that. Yeah. 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 And it's like a nice nod to it, which mm-hmm. and there's so many small shops out there. I mean, I even have a friend named Morgan who runs one, I believe it's called Main Street Morgan yes. Company. And she makes them. So like there are so many places out there with so much to offer. And a lot of times these people will customize them. They will have a conversation with you, mm-hmm. talk to you about what you're looking for, and can make them custom. There are also people who will do more of those traditional, like, character Disney-bound mm-hmm. sort of inspired yeah, ones yeah. where it's, like, fully covered. So the sky is the limit there, too. In terms Everyone of could years. be a different character within one universe. Exactly, yes. Mm. Yeah, but there's so many people out there who are working on expanding the ever-growing Mickey ear community. Yes. So (laughs) small shops for sure if you want to do something for a bridal party or a groom's party. Mm -hmm. That's where I would go. I love that. 
Great. So I feel like we we did a little bit of shopping. We'll come back to do some more shopping. We're we going to spice it up. We're going to we jump always around. Do. We're going to see what else we've got. We always shop around. So, you know, we've been sort of talking about parks with the ears. So let's dive into a couple parks related things. Yeah. So this is a question that we got multiple times. Mm-hmm. This is a question that's been asked so many times to so many different people and everyone has their opinions mm-hmm. about it. And this is first time park goer must do's and tips. I mean... I feel like I could probably wax poetic on this for hours oh, yeah. of of things that things that you could do. The way that my family has done this is first off, before you go, research, research, research. Look mm-hmm. ahead, plan for some of the things that you want to do. And what we always do is everyone in our family chooses one thing that we cannot leave the park without doing. Mm-hmm, us too. And so that way you have the thing that you most want to do and everyone is in it together. So I would definitely recommend doing that. Make a plan and say to yourself, this is the thing out of all the ex- descriptions and the things that I've heard from people. This is the thing that I'm not leaving the park until I've done it and prioritize that. That is a great way to start. For me, you know, going into Magic Kingdom, there are so many classic rides. I will stand by this, I think, till the end of time. Anyone who goes to the park for the first time, and honestly, I do it every single time that we go, you need to ride the Dumbo ride. Oh, yeah. Like, you have to. Mm -hmm. You have to have that moment. Like, the Dumbo ride is just this iconic image of Disney World. To do it first thing in the morning when you go in, which is usually like what we end up doing when there isn't like a new ride that we haven't gotten a fast pass for, it is one of those rides that immediately puts you in the best frame of mind possible. Mm. It is a moment where you're like, I'm in a fucking Disney World commercial or a Disneyland commercial. I am Mm. here. I am happy. I'm with my family. I'm in the air going around in circles in a colored flying elephant. And this could not be better. I will stand by it. Mm. Ride the Dumbo ride. If you're going the first time, get that picture. Have someone wait outside and take the picture of you waving to them from this big ass (laughs) elephant. I've like, never gotten that. You've never gotten that picture? No. Oh. oh my God. When we're going, I have to get that picture. Shit, Caroline, you gotta come with us. I know. Just be prepared to run. I know. <laughs> That's a great lead into what my tip is. <laughs> what I would say is j- trust me, I'm not at Connor's level, but I'm usually <laughs> the one in the hotel room when I'm with my family where I'm like, will you hurry up? Like, I- I'm ready to go. So what I would say is if you're a first-time visitor, build yourself a structure for however many days you're going to be there with dining reservations first. However many that you are going to allow yourself, make your dining reservations so you have kind of a rough idea of where in Disney World you're going to be on each day. But give yourself flexibility within that by, and I know not everybody agrees with this, but I highly recommend park hoppers for first-time visitors because this was coming yeah because (laughs) i think if it's your first time you're always going to feel like you're missing something somewhere else like you happen to be in the park where there is not a fireworks show that night and you're like what am i doing i'm I'm missing things and it's your vacation you don't want to feel like that yeah so it also builds in opportunities for you to maybe take a break in the middle of the day i don't always take a break in the middle of the day and go back to the hotel but you can 
refresh yourself and then go to a different park and you can experience a different park that is maybe better at night. I love the World Showcase at night. So I think structure with flexibility within the structure is the best way to go about it when it's your first time because you might end up loving things and wanting to do more of things that you didn't expect. And so you want to allow for that so you don't feel stuck anywhere and you don't feel like you're missing things and you don't feel upset and you feel like you can take a break and you can go to Disney Springs for a bit and do some shopping and not get on the rides just so you can feel it out because a lot of times it's also way more tiring than you expect it's going to be. And I've gone with people for the first time and they burn out on day three. And then you don't yep. have fun the rest of the time. And you don't want that. Yeah, I, <laughs> You're there to have fun. That, would, that sort of flows into my next recommendation, which would be give yourself a break day or a rest mm-hmm. day. It doesn't even have to be for the whole day. You yeah. don't have to see it as like a day lost. Maybe a day that you just get into the park later. You get to sleep in a little bit. Or maybe it's a day that you spend a little bit of time by the pool. Yes. You go into Disney Springs and maybe you go see a nighttime spectacular and that's the only time you go into a park that Those day. days are usually so great too. I love those days. Don't be ashamed of those days. Mm-hmm. Everyone needs those days and usually hitting them around the middle of your week yes. is exactly when you need it. So yeah, those are a couple tips of things to do. I'm, I'm more on the must-dos, you know, Magic Kingdom, like I said, Dumbo Ride. Also, I would say Magic Kingdom, don't miss Happily Ever After. Yeah. Just don't. Don't miss the, don't miss the fireworks Ugh. show. Epcot, for me personally, because I'm a, I, you know, I'm a nerd and I love Epcot and what it's about, I would say don't miss Spaceship Earth because that really sort of grounds you in the park mm-hmm. and like what this is about. And in Epcot, give yourself time to meander in the World Showcase. Like give yourself time to re- – yeah. there's so much detail there. That's not a go, go, go space. That's a space to chill and get your food and have your drink yeah. and chill. Because also if you go, 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 it's about a mile <laughs> <laughs> to walk around that whole place. Yeah. So you're going you're gonna to feel that and you're – in your shins. <laughs> Hollywood Studios. I'm biased. I'm obs- I'm just obsessed with Toy Story Midway Mania. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those things for me that I just love it. I am so happy when I'm on that ride. And now I've never been on Rise of the Resistance. But for me, that's like my next cannot miss thing. For me, my must do there would have been a great movie ride. We don't have uh-huh. a great movie ride yeah. anymore. Yeah. My other must do there is like Tower of Terror. And that is not an everybody ride. So I'm not going to just flat out recommend that for everyone. <laughs> um, I will try and get Caroline on it one day. That's the one that's going to be the most difficult for you. Yeah, I don't think I know. I know happen. that's yeah. the challenge. Yeah, yeah. It's a flo- it's a frog hopper. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so I think right now in its current state, I would say Midway Mania. And even like the queue is great. I, I, I love it. I love it. And then I would, I mean, I would also say Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. I I'm excited to go it. on that too. Yeah. yeah. I won't ride it until I can do it in person. But from yeah, everything that I've heard, from everything I know about the aesthetic of it, that's another one where it feels like it sort of helps ground you in the vibe of the park mm-hmm. of like, you know, jumping into the movies, like that sort of thing. So, yeah. mm-hmm. you know, you're jumping into a Mickey Mouse short. So that that's fine. It's also at the center of the park. Usually, if you're going to something that's at the center of the park, you're not going to miss it. However, I will <laughs> yeah. say, transitioning to Animal Kingdom, <laughs> you know, it's tough to be a bug is a whole lot of fun. No. That's at the center of the park no. in, in Tree of Life. But a lot of people absolutely hate no. it. And it's fine. The thing in Animal Kingdom that I would just wholeheartedly always recommend, always, 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 is the Kilimanjaro Safari. Hands down, yeah. Because... 
that's what this park was. This park was meant to be Disney's version of like what a zoo is. Plus rides. And the animals are unpredictable. Like we've had animals like cross our path true. and we can't drive. So something new always happens. Yeah. And you get you get to see animals in a way in which you can't ever see them mm-hmm. in a zoo. Right. Side note, I highly recommend The Magic of Disney's Animal Kingdom. The Animal Kingdom show that's on Disney Plus that's narrated by Josh Gad. It's incredible. And it really shows how much care and work goes into the animal kingdom and i highly recommend that as a way to get excited and then you'll see those animals in the parks like i know some of the names of the animals now and i can't wait to go and literally see popcorn the chicken next time i go to animal kingdom um i can't yes. wait <laughs> can't wait yeah you know we can probably go right into this one too because i think it also has some stuff to do with first time park going mm-hmm. and that's the the question that we have about disney trip budgeting tips Mm-hmm. You know, if you're going with kids, one of the things that my parents always did was they gave me an allowance that I could use on the trip on souvenirs at the beginning. Yeah. And they said, this is the money that you can spend. You can spend it however you like. You can spend it on food. You can spend it on souvenirs, whatever you want. But when it's gone, it's gone. Yep, us too. So that is what I would recommend for kids. Mm-hmm. But as an adult in terms of budgeting... For me, it's like it's definitely yeah. yeah, it's hard. I think a lot of money can go towards food. Yeah. Um, because with with souvenirs, you can be like, no, I'm gonna have self control. I don't need that. But you got you gotta eat, and sometimes the food isn't cheap. Definitely plan on eating breakfast at your hotel, like from stuff that you've bought. Yep. Like have a bowl of cereal, have some toast, do that in the room. Then, I would say I think my tip from before helps in knowing what your dining plan is in advance so you know how much money you need to set aside for that and how expensive those restaurants are. And then as far as lunch, I'm telling you, go get yourself a kid's meal from any of the counter service restaurants for lunch because they are so cheap. They are generous. There's healthy options. And so I think that's a great way to cut your food budget is to grab yeah. a kid's meal for lunch. I mean, when I was there, you could also bring in some PB&J sandwiches yep. and stuff like can. that into the yeah. parks. Mm-hmm. Those That's also really helpful. And then I would also recommend if you're building in a rest day, make that a day that you eat in. Mm-hmm. If you have like a kitchen available to you in your hotel, make use of it. Yeah, and please just wrap up your leftovers from when you go sit down at a table service restaurant. We always end up eating yeah. it. We're late at night back at the hotel room after a long day. We're hungry. Pull it out of the fridge. Take the doggy bag. Like, it's okay. Yeah. But definitely in terms of dining, plan those reservation meals first. Pay attention to which ones have the $3 signs, mm-hmm. which ones have the $2 mm-hmm. signs, mm-hmm. and which ones are one, though you're probably not seeking a reservation at a $1 sign yeah. restaurant. And I would say... Figure out how many you can afford and structure them in such a way that you can balance when those are happening with the sort of meals that you have somewhere else. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Food is the easiest place where all of your money can just fly out of your pockets. So as much as you have a plan, do it. And then hotels as well. You don't have to stay on property. There are definitely some perks for on property, but you can save some money staying off property. There are a lot of amazing hotels in the area. There are a lot of amazing hotels that actually have transportation to the Disney mm-hmm. property that yeah. they provide themselves. So that's an option where you can sort of budget some money to. So it's really about looking at your trip. What is the priority for you? 
what are the priorities for your family if you're going with a family and kids? And then what makes the most sense to serve those priorities? And then anything that's not those priorities, just look for shortcuts. Mm -hmm. And there are so many places, especially on the internet, where people have put their experiences of like where you can make shortcuts Mm -hmm. for those very specific things that you'll have. And just as terrible as this sounds at the beginning, just know that things are generally going to be more expensive than you expect or want them to be. Yeah. Just accept it. Like look it up. You can go, if you watch some of these Disney vloggers, They'll go in the stores and they'll check out the price tags of things. You can go on Shop Disney. Just gauge how much things are. T-shirts are like $35 and up. Know that and then go there knowing that so it doesn't upset you and like ruin your time while you're there. Just know that we're on yeah. a different scale when we're in Disney and then you just have to decide on things according to that. Yep. Get a good credit card. <laughs> mm-hmm. Get a Disney credit card. <laughs> Listen. Yeah, get a Disney credit card yeah. where you can get some of those rewards yeah. back. All right, let's transition out of parks because we just did a whole parks heavy little mm-hmm. moment right there. Yeah. You know what? Let's let's transition to Broadway because Woo-hoo! you know we have we sprinkle that into this podcast. Yeah, too, baby. We're always. Actors, and that's what we do. <laughs> I think we should take this question that we got where it says, Can you tell us more ways about how to get discount tickets for when Broadway reopens? <laughs> oh, and sure boy, we can. <laughs> can we? This is so, our game, baby. <laughs> yeah. One of my favorite websites ever is broadwayforbrokepeople.com. Mm-hmm. It lists every single show that is currently running. If they have a what's called a rush policy, if they have a student rush policy, if they have a lottery that you can enter to get tickets and all those things, and you can just click on links and it takes you to everything. Mm-hmm. So I want to go over, we should probably go over a couple of terms that you would hear in terms of discounted yes. tickets. Yes, yes, yes. One of them is lottery. These are tickets where you can either enter your name digitally or you can enter in person. You get your name. Usually the drawing happens either the same day or maybe once a week for the following week, like with Harry Potter and the Cursed Child. That's how they do it. Mm -hmm. Um, Or it might happen like two hours before curtain. Yes. It's a great way for you to get last minute seats that are usually discounted. They may be partially obstructed or they may be some really, really incredible seats that they just Mm -hmm. couldn't sell. And, you know, it can go all over the place. So that's a really, really great way to get tickets, especially those digital lotteries, because they don't really require a lot from you other than tapping your phone a couple of times. And then maybe you get an option to get some really, really cheap tickets. Mm -hmm. Rush. Rush is you... Literally going to the theater box <laughs> <You> office. <rush. laughs> yeah. Either when it opens the same day of the performance that you want to go to or right before the show goes up. And any seats that they haven't been able to sell or any seats that have been held back for any particular reasons, they will go on sale to the public usually at full price, but sometimes they'll have discounted prices because they are more interested in getting people in seats than making money necessarily off of those tickets. Yeah. Student rush, if you have a valid student ID, these policies vary from theater to theater, but if you have a valid student ID, usually you can get one or two tickets with a valid ID for a show, usually around two hours before performance starts. You don't get to pick where you sit. They just tell you where you are. That's kind of true for all of the rush and lottery policies. You just get whatever you get. And most of the time, those student rush tickets are anywhere between like 15 to like 
forty dollars. Mm-hmm. Usually, Student Rush hits around twenty twenty-five, which is amazing. Yeah, amazing. I have seen so much amazing too, theater yeah. for twenty dollars through Student yeah. Rush. So those are some of the like terms about how you can get cheap tickets. But in terms of like places where you can get tickets besides Broadway for Broke People that sort of collates all that information. I've got a few places for you to go. Number one, in Times Square, in South Street Seaport, and now I believe in some ways digitally, we have the TKTS booths. So if you've seen the big red steps in the middle of Times Square, that's the TKTS booth. So you will go there pretty much the day of the performance that you want to see. And on the board, they will tell you which shows are available and what percentage off they are. That's a great option. You can also, if you don't have time during the day to go early and do that, get the Today Ticks app. Yep. Today Ticks is the absolute jam. Um, they run some lotteries on Today Ticks that are usually day of lotteries, but a lot of the shows are available on a calendar view. You can see um, what the prices are going for at each performance. I've gotten, that's how I've gifted most of my shows when I get people tickets. They're getting Today Ticks. And then so what happens is when you buy your Today Ticks on there, you order it ahead of time. And then when you arrive at the theater the day of the show, there is someone who worked for Today Ticks in a red jacket waiting. You give them your name and they hand you your tickets. Another way I love getting tickets, especially if you're coming from out of town and you don't want to give up a day waiting around and not knowing if you're going to see the show, one thing that usually runs around February, um, January, February, is two-for-one Broadway week. Oh, this is how my so friend good. and I got to see Frozen because we bought two tickets for the price of one and we split it down the middle. So that's how I saw Frozen and it was amazing. There is also Kids Night on Broadway where mm-hmm. you buy an adult ticket and your child, I want to say it's 12 and under, might be a little bit younger, comes for free. That's how I saw so many shows growing up. That's how I saw Phantom of the Opera for the first time because it was Kids Night on Broadway. But finally, this might apply to some Disney on Broadway shows because like The Lion King is still so popular. When Connor and I wanted to see Hades Town on Broadway, there was nothing on Today Ticks. It was never showing up at the TKTS booth. It was pretty much... The rush policy was insane. The rush policy was People crazy. People would like sleep overnight yeah, for it. We couldn't do that. We had work. So we were like, but we need to see Hadestown. And everything everywhere else was full price and we couldn't afford it. So Connor diligently checked StubHub every day Mm -hmm. to get kind of a feeling of when some people would put up their tickets that they couldn't use for whatever reason on StubHub and how much they were going for. And so there was pretty much one day where we were like, okay, we've noticed the trend that this day of the week, this is when it seems like people are putting up the most and cheapest Hadestown tickets on StubHub, which is pretty much a a secondhand seller of tickets. Yeah, and I will say usually that StubHub, the best times, generally speaking, to find tickets are within one to two hours ahead of the performance. That's where people are like, oh my God, my life got too busy. I'm just going to try and sell these quickly. And sometimes they're like, you know what? I'm not even worried about making all the money back, so I'll sell them cheap. Or on days of inclement weather, you will not believe Mm -hmm. how many people are deterred by rain from seeing a Broadway (laughs) show. And they Which will I don't sell their tickets to you so cheaply. Yeah. Days of inclement weather are your best days to get cheap tickets to Broadway. I will say it till the end of time. Yeah. And so the day that we went to see Hadestown, I think it was it was a Wednesday. 
we kind of decided based on the trends we were going that day, but then it was about two hours before the show. I had taken off my shift of work and we were like, we're going. And Connor was waiting on StubHub. We saw what was in our price range and like two hours before the show, we knew we were going that night. And best thing we ever did. that price range was still way too high. Oh oh, yeah, we sold our souls. (laughs) Don't get us wrong. But again, if it's something that it's like, I have to see this, I'm only in town for a few days or like us, we live here, but we have to see this before it wins the Tony Award. Yeah. (laughs) It's worth it. You'll, you'll, you can figure it out. You'll make it work. Yeah. (laughs) We made it work. We were broke and we made it work. I have no regrets about that though. Not one. No. No. Not a single one. You want to dip back to shopping? Sure. Yeah, we can always go back to shopping. Yeah. Well, this one, I'm I'm curious to see what you have to say for this. Well, actually, you know what? Let's start with this one. Connor and I were just talking about this. So we had a few people ask about Disney home decor, specifically Disney home decor that says that you're a Disney fan, but you're also an adult. Mm-hmm. And one thing that I have loved recently that I think I'm going to need to get for our new apartment is Ruggable. Just rugs, yeah. and it sounds like has a Disney collection that is extremely subtle. There's some pretty loud Mickey prints. There are some extremely subtle Disney prints. I think that's a great place to start. But Connor and I love us some Pottery Barn. Pottery Barn. <laughs> I mean, get ready to yeah. fork over some serious cash yeah. for some of this stuff. But Pottery Barn has some really, really classy, more understated. It's it's like I'm a Disney fan, but like. I'm a Disney fan kind uh-huh. of things. They have so a bar like, cart that's shaped like Mickey in gold. Oh, my God. I want it. the bar cart. I <laughs> want it. it. I need it. I need it, Caroline. I need <laughs> I know, that bar cart. I know. I know. I want to get it for you. I know. Um, I think another nice way to do it is, I think we do this a lot, is just put up some Disney art. You know, get some adult mm-hmm. furniture. Get some classy furniture. But... Um, Connor has given me this collection of small paintings. Maxine V, one of my yes. favorite Instagram artists, Maxine mm-hmm. V. Um, I have a couple of those framed that Connor got me, and I make them a part of my gallery wall. So it's a touch. And of that Disney. is my that is my thing with the Disney art. You gotta frame it. Yes, you for have sure. to frame your artwork, and that makes it feel classy. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to spend a whole lot of money on the frame. You can go to Goodwill and find a good frame. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I would also say a great way. You know, in the same vein as artwork for Disney home decor, signs. Everybody loves a good sign. Mm -hmm. And there are so many fantastic (sighs) small shops out there that make signs. Some that are more understated. Some that are almost recreations of signs that you see in the park. There's so many of them. There's 27 Willow Lane. There's Castlebound Supply Company. Those are two of the ones mm-hmm. that I yeah. really love to follow. There's a lot of um, like farmhouse style Disney signs and artwork on Etsy too. If you just search farmhouse and Disney, things will come up. It's, yeah. it's very classy. For art prints, one of my one of the my big obsessions right now is Vista Boulevard. They take like images from rides and they like make them look so artistic and beautiful they Mm. have some really great prints but another one of these companies that is on instagram that i am recently obsessed with is design pavilion they do recreations of scenic elements in the park so for example they have a miniature recreation of the world showcase torches that is a votive light holder Mm -hmm. it's a lot of money yeah am i probably gonna get it one day yeah yeah i'm gonna have to it's incredible it's stunning look them up on instagram 
It's amazing. But they also have recreations of lanterns from the Wilderness Lodge, from the Animal Kingdom Lodge, from the Beastly Kingdom area where you have Mm. the lantern that has the four different mythical creatures, the Yeti, the dragon, the sea monster, and the unicorn on it. Like, and they are high quality. It's almost as if like you reached up to one of these lamps and just pulled that effer off and took it home with you. Mm -hmm. These are amazing. I'm obsessed with them. And they ran a giveaway on the torches and I entered that shit Mm -hmm. like it was my damn job. Mm -hmm. Like I had to. I didn't win. They did a recreation of the globe from Illuminations that had (laughs) lights inside and it spun and opened up. Like, okay. Okay. We'll get it to you. It's all like metal work. It's fantastic. That's one of my new obsessions. Yeah. And honestly, if I put these two World Showcase torch votive candle holders on a dining room table, any regular person would have no idea, but I would know. And any Disney lover, they would know. And that's that's the way I like to work. Mm Mm-hmm. We also just love, um, I think kitchenware is a good way to go, too. Yeah. Um, we have a lot of, like, mugs, obviously. Connor has a beautiful wine glass from Be Our Guest. You could get a whole set of those. And I have a really cool orange bird pitcher with matching little cups. Just, like, you know, something that's more subtle. I think a lot of the Disney kitchenware is very, very nice. You know, Walmart, they had a thing where they partnered with Disney for an exclusive design of three Mickey-inspired designs for Instant Pots. And I got an effing Mickey Mouse Instant Pot for myself mm-hmm. because I deserved it. Yes. And it's great. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. Oh, it's yeah. black and white. It's nice and understated. It goes mm-hmm. with anything. And it will be in our apartment when we find our I apartment. just can't wait to show all of you our apartment when we move yeah. back because it's going to be this in a nutshell. I know it. Yeah. Well, the drinkware discussion made me think of this next question we have that says, please let us know. Where to find cool villain merch aside from Hot Topic. So, okay, you read us. We love Hot Topic, but I can find you something else. So the first thing that came to my mind is these amazing Yzma-inspired glasses from Shop Park Candy, which is another small shop. I've bought a couple of things from them. All fantastic. Um, that, it, that are, again, once again, if you're talking about adult and subtle, that's a great place to start. I think in that way, we're going to be talking about small shops. Connor and I bought some really great sweatshirts with Ursula, like a very subtle Ursula design on them from My Oh My Supply Company, we've talked about before. Mom's coat. Mom's coat. <laughs> I mean, Foolish Mortal Supply Company, they mm-hmm. usually lean into some of the more darker sides of things, primarily around Tower of Terror and Haunted Mansion. So it's not necessarily villains per se, but some of the similar vibe to villains. I would also really recommend. Box Lunch. Box Lunch has. I was just gonna so, say that mm-hmm. they have so many things on get there. Get a lounge fly that's of your favorite villain. It doesn't get better yeah. than that, if you ask me. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but they also have so many more villain things besides lounge fly yeah. on Box Lunch. You can find all kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can fall down the rabbit hole there oh, very, very easily. My gosh. That's one that I haven't really talked about, but I fall down the the I found fall down the box lunch rabbit hole. <laughs> too often <laughs> it's not it usually starts with a funko ad and then i'm just yep, done it's the funkos <laughs> um we got a question about some disney music you know how much we love giving you playlists we love it oh. so um we got someone who's saying i'm feeling the winter blues i want to feel happy in summary playlist please all right i haven't prepared anything let's rip this. off so of each other i haven't this either is gonna go right i mean you got to have In Summer from Frozen in there. Exactly. Like, you got to lead with that because we're transporting ourselves to a different place in time. 
I always vote for anytime you're feeling sad, miracles happen from The Princess Diaries because you can't feel sad when you're listening to miracles happen. It's impossible. Yeah. I truly think that it is like biologically impossible yeah. for you to do that. Yep. I would also, you know, recommend, I'd recommend Kingdom Dance from Tangled. I know that we just mm. talked about that a little bit in our previous episode, but that gives me just instant warm feelings, like excited and happy feelings. It transports me to summer. It makes me think of the movie when everything's bright and warm and lovely and mm. real and bright and the world's been shifted and it's just yeah i knew it was coming kingdom dance <laughs> um then you know what kind of riffing off our last episode i would do something from the princess and the frog down in new orleans works dig a little deeper works almost, almost there, there. Works. yeah especially if you're working your way towards spring yeah yeah if you want to like yeah force yourself out of the blues like almost there <laughs> really can kind of lift you up yeah I I would add Try Everything from yeah. Zootopia. I love that song. Such a good song. You know, I might also I would probably also add Just Around the River Bend from Pocahontas. Mm-hmm. That song is fantastic. It yeah. evokes the outdoors where things are, you know, when things are moving and nature is is budding and things like that. And it's sort of it's inspirational where it's like they're could be something just around the river bend where it's like we'll get through this which oh, is nice yeah. to have during winter when things are so overwhelming yes i would also do hellfire <laughs> <laughs> just to get a little of the rage out definitely um i love i don't know who does the song but i love the song strong that is in the credits of the live action cinderella that one is super inspiring and uplifting okay i'm gonna go really really obscure here mm. This is a completely instrumental track again because, mm. you know, film yeah, yeah, score yeah. guy here. Field Trip from Finding Nemo. Yeah. That yeah. score just like moves and it's just like, oh, <gasps> it just helps relax you. It makes mm-hmm. you think of the ocean. Oh, throw Beyond the Sea in there too. Yeah, Beyond the Sea. Yeah. Fantastic song. But Field Trip, Field Trip is just oh, so good. It's fluttery. It's wonderful. I Listen also, to it. You'll know what I mean. Yeah. I also love, I don't know what it's exactly referred to. I don't know if it's just like referred to the Monsters Inc. Suite. Just the instrumental track that grabbed a little bit of I Wouldn't Have Nothing If I Didn't Have You. Dun, dun, oh, dun, the, main, dun. the main titles. The main title. The main title from, yeah, yeah, I love that. That feels like that feels like summer to me because I've heard it. I've heard it in Disneyland when I went, but I, I love how that feels. It's so happy. Yeah, Up With The Credits is also a great one, too. Mm, yeah. We'll put this all together and we'll put it up on Spotify. Yeah. Don't worry. Yeah. Well, we'll we'll probably throw in a couple more, too. Well, I'll probably yes, try yes. and sneak Candle on the Water in there somehow. <laughs> But yeah. (laughs) And the tiki 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 room, just for fun. Yeah. That's summer. Whale of a tail. Whale of a tail. Yeah. Here we go. We got lots of options. We're going to put them all together in a playlist for you. So that'll come out soon. Yep. Because God knows I'm going to need these two. Me too. All right. So let's circle back to parks because we just have a couple more questions in here that we Mm want to get answered Mm -hmm. we were asked about what should you do if you're traveling with someone who has line anxiety but you want to get on rides um yeah so as i mentioned and as we know if you've listened to the podcast i'm a scaredy cat and when i am finally convinced to go on a ride i'm afraid of i get a lot of line anxiety so that happened to me when i was waiting to go on rock and roller coaster i had kind of i was like i'm doing this i made it through And then we got to the part where I could see the vehicles and see everyone getting loaded in. And I started to panic. Um, Just know who you're going with. Like, make sure that you can go with someone who can calm you down, but also be like, no, you're getting on the ride. Like, we waited this long and you're getting on. And straight up, 
I went on Rock and Roller Coaster in exchange for a BB-8 sipper, and it worked for me. Just have something at the end of it that is a reward for you. I know that's silly. I know you're in Disney and that's the reward, but I am truly terrified of of some rides and I need something to get me through it. Yeah. I would also say make sure that that line anxiety person who's a part of your party knows that they are allowed to leave at any time. Like, sure, sure, like, Caroline was like, I want to get on this ride and was trying to, like, plow through it and stuff like that, and that's fine. But also make sure that that person knows that there's no shame in leaving, there's no shame of getting to the load-in, and then just saying to the attendant, the cast member there, I don't think this is right for me, I'd like to exit. The cast member will help you do it. If you're, even if you're buckled in and you have that moment, you're like, I can't do this. Shoot your hand high in the air, get a cast member's attention, and they will release the seats to make sure that you can get out. But always knowing that you have the option to opt out, I find does wonders for people who have line anxiety. And more often than not, they're able to get on the ride because they know that they could opt out when they feel like Yeah, it. and you know, I like that you said just like, you know, don't be ashamed of it, be honest. Because for me, the more I told people on the line around me that I was scared, the mo- the better I felt. And I have to, I've had some really memorable Disney moments. The woman ahead, in line ahead of me at Rock and Roller Coaster calmed me down so much. Mm-hmm. I was really nervous. This part is silly. I'm embarrassed to admit this, but here we go. When I hadn't been on Big Thunder Mountain for a while, I didn't know. Big Thunder Mountain is totally fine with me now, but it had been a while. And I was nervous and I was just kind of saying it out loud. And the little kid in front of me turned around. He was like, you're going to be fine. Just close your eyes when we go through the Batcave and you'll be fine. And it calmed me down and I've never (sighs) forgotten it and I was okay. (laughs) Yeah. Don't be afraid of the other people in line with you. You'll make some great friends friends. and they'll be rooting for you. (laughs) When you get to the end of that ride, they are going to be just as proud of you (laughs) as you are. And like, you'll run into them in the gift shop on your way out and they'll be like, you did it. And it'll be great. So yeah, positive reinforcement. And if there's a place that you can get positive reinforcement, it's Disney. Mm. Any Disney park has got it for you. Mm -hmm. All right. So to wrap up this tips and tricks episode, we have a couple of final questions that we've sort of labeled as mousellaneous. But we're going to do these uh, these couple questions because they don't necessarily fit into any categories. But we think that they're really great questions and we want to ask them. So the first question we have is about YouTube channels to kind of experience Disney World for people who have never been. Caroline, you are our YouTuber queen. (laughs) You are our vlogger goddess. What are your recommendations? These vloggers have become a part of my week. It's truly now how I de-stress. I don't know how it happened, but it did. Um, So I mostly watch on YouTube um, Prince Charming Dev. Love him. He's our age. And Tim Tracker. Those are my two main channels. Both of those put up videos nearly every day. Um, They cover a little bit of Universal and other things too. But they cover everything from like little things that you've never noticed in the parks to, hey, I'm going to this restaurant for the first time. I'm trying this thing where I try to get on as many rides as possible today. And here's how I did it. Um, Just such a wide variety of things. And if you want shorter, more, you know, something easier to watch on your phone. I know this isn't YouTube, but I love um, Mornings with Mickey on Instagram. 
she's usually um, focused on Disneyland, but she's been to Disney World since Disneyland is closed. And she'll do run-throughs of her day at the park um, in her Insta stories. And that's a nice way to get a feel for a day, especially a day at the parks with kids, too. So she shows you how that can go about resting for naps, great things like that. I will say with YouTube, Tim Tracker and a lot of these other vloggers also have opportunities to go to parks other than just Walt Disney World or Mm. Orlando Parks. At one point, they were able to go on a trip to Tokyo Disneyland and Tokyo Disney Sea, which, as most hardcore Disney Parks fans know, is kind of like the mecca of Mm. Disney Parks. And I will say that their vlog of that trip was one of the most fun things to watch. I thought they did just such a great job, and I felt like I had such a fantastic idea of that park. And I was like, I'm sold. I have to go there. Mm-hmm. So I, I that that is one section. If you're interested or curious about some of the parks, especially the ones that are in Asia, Tokyo, Shanghai, Hong Kong, that one yeah. on Tokyo Disneyland is just an amazing uh vlog series to watch mm-hmm. other things on also, youtube you can watch a lot of ride throughs of rides that's what i was yeah. about to say i really recommend all the things that attractions 360 puts mm-hmm. out they do hd fantastic videos ride throughs of different rides walkthroughs of different walkthrough experiences at parks all over the world, not just Disney. I also love watching the nighttime spectaculars on YouTube. Find the 4K professionally filmed versions. I love, that's the first time I ever saw World of Color was on YouTube. And it's amazing to see it in person, but these are so well done. I highly recommend. We have another question that uh, is about Disney book recommendations. You know, I will always defer to our friends at Book of the Mouse Club podcast, Courtney and Emily. They are amazing, incredible podcast that I highly recommend you listen to. They put out one episode usually per month where they read a book. You get to read along with them over the course of the month. And then the episode comes out where they discuss the book any tie-ins. This past summer, they did this incredible series of Disney book-to-film adaptations, some of those Mm. classic movies like Treasure Island, 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, Pollyanna, where they would discuss the source material and the adaptation. They're fantastic episodes, so well-researched, so thoughtful, and they bring on incredible guests. So my first recommendation is if you are looking for book recommendations – Go to Book of the Mouse Club podcast, pick any of their episodes, and read any of the books that they mention. Mm -hmm. Personally, you know, I'm I'm a basic Disney fan. I love the Ridley Pearson works. Mm -hmm. Kingdom Keepers, that series is fantastic. Mm -hmm. It's fun for young adults. It's fun for adults. It's Disney at dark. Like, it's like Night at the Museum meets Disney. Mm -hmm. The other Ridley Pearson book that I love is a collaboration with David Barry. And that's Peter and the Starcatchers, which is another series. It's a backstory of Peter Pan. It was adapted into a Broadway show. um, Mm -hmm. But it has a whole series. My personal favorite in the series is Peter and the Shadow Thieves, which is the second book. Highly recommend that. I mean, I ate that book up. I read that entire, the first book. In one sitting, in one day, I just couldn't get enough of it. So much fun. Definitely recommend those 
two specific book series. My third recommendation that I would say is any art of book that they publish for any movie. These are not only great coffee table books to have. So whenever you have someone over for them to like peruse through, see some of the gorgeous concept art and stuff like that for Disney rides, Disney movies. But they're so informative. You learn so much about how these movies come to life. I mean, I I remember I saw Frozen and I immediately went to Barnes and Noble, which was in the same like shopping center and I got the Art of Frozen book because I was like, I need to know how they did this. Mm, And it was amazing. Like just reading how they talk about rendering the costumes and the fabrics in in that movie. It was incredible. So, yeah, any art of book, anything that has to do with like rides, movies and how they made that happen. Those are fantastic books to get. Mm, Yes. Uh, my most recent favorite um, for adults, I loved the Walt Disney World that never was. Stories behind the amazing Imagineering dreams that never came true. Mm. Freaking fascinating. That This was one. There's a lot going on in there, and I think I finished it in one day. Just the origins of some of the rides we know, the rides that 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 never occurred. Like, amazing. Just so interesting. I love anything that has to do with Imagineering. This one is excellent. Um, and in terms of kids, I the kids that I babysit, my godson, they love the five-minute stories anthologies. So I just got my godson the five-minute bedtime stories from Pixar. He already has the Marvel ones. They have Frozen ones. They have Princess ones. Kids eat those up. They are beautifully illustrated, and they literally are five minutes. So when, you know, when a kid is asking for one more story before they go to sleep, I promise you, if you read them one from this, it will be five minutes and they will be in bed, which is a very, very useful tool. All righty. And so this is going to be our last question, and this is a fun one. How do you find genuine Disney friends that don't just like Frozen? (laughs) First off, I'm going to say... Someone who just likes Frozen, that's always a good place to start. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'll say that first. Yeah. But. If you want to make some Disney friends, you should really join the Poor Unfortunate Fam, which is our private Facebook group for listeners of the podcast. And obviously, we're a little bit biased, but here's what I have to say about this as well. No, we're not biased. It's great. (laughs) There are. It has truly exceeded our expectations. We thought it would just be a spot where people could leave some commentary on the most recent episode. Yeah, I thought it really would just be like my sisters and us. (laughs) (laughs) We were afraid. Um, It's not that at all. We have some incredible threads going. If you have been in our Instagram stories recently and we asked if you're walking into the World Showcase, which direction do you walk in? That whole conversation began in the fam. And people had some really strong opinions about that. And it led to such a great conversation on the Instagram. And we see people talking on the fam and connecting over things. And we know that they don't know each other. They literally are just connecting over their love of Disney. And it's such a positive place. So please join. Yeah. Please. That's a fantastic place to start. Yeah. We've got so many people who love Disney. And you've already got at least one thing in common. And Mm -hmm. that's... The podcast. So and it's just social media here. in general. We've met so many friends from other Disney podcasts, Disney fan accounts in general who we didn't yeah. know before this. And now I consider them friends. It's not hard to find those people. 
as long as you know where to look, one place to look is poor unfortunate fam. But another place to look is like, look at the things that you like. Look at, you know, Instagram shops that you like. Look at some of the people who are commenting there, who are shopping. And feel free to interact with those people. Mm -hmm. That's kind of what social media was for. Yeah. And you'll be surprised. People in this community are pretty, pretty open and pretty receptive to finding some new people for their circle. Yeah. And then I would also recommend talking to people in line. Because I found some friends yeah. in line at parks that I have I still am friends with on Facebook and kind of keep tabs on. I love so. that. I love it. <laughs> yeah. But I'd recommend starting at the Poor Unfortunate Fam. Mm-hmm. We got you covered there. So that's going to do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. This was so much fun. Thank yes. you for sending in all of these amazing questions. We didn't get to all of the ones that we got. They're just so many so i really appreciate it and hopefully we will be able to answer some of your other questions in future episodes as always if you liked what you heard please remember to hit the follow or subscribe button wherever you're listening so that you get all of our episodes downloaded to your device and we would really appreciate if you would rate and review wherever you are listening if it allows you to rate and review us Those reviews and those ratings really help us reach new people so that we can expand our network of people who love Disney because that's so much fun and important for us to do. So I've already talked to you about the poor, unfortunate fam. (laughs) You can also find us on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Poor Unfortunate Podcast or at Unfortunate Pod on Twitter. And yeah, if you're not ready to join the fam, but you're looking for friends, just come over to our Instagram. Talk to people in the comments. Interact with our stories. We got you. Yeah. It's a fun place to be. And we're going to put up the playlist from this episode. We will link the small shops that we mentioned. And we just have a lot of fun things going on there that we don't even mention on the podcast. So please come on down. And if you're not a social media person and you have questions for us, feel free to email us. We have an email address that's poorunfortunatepodcast at gmail.com. We love getting email. It's fun. We still have our audience feedback survey up and running um, just to kind of give us some feedback about what you like in the podcast, things that you hope for in the future. As we move into season two, which will start after our next full episode, which officially will close out our first season. Um, So that'll be really helpful for us. And then, as I always say, it does take us some money to keep this podcast up and running and coming to you. We do it all out of pocket. We do it all out of the love for this. But we do have a PayPal account. It's linked below in the episode description. It's also linked in all of our website links on our social media accounts. So you can find it there. We will accept truly anything that you might have to give a dollar, five dollars, ten dollars more. You can make it monthly. You can make it a one-time donation. It all just goes right back into the podcast It helps us keep the podcast free and, for the most part, ad-free. So we really, really appreciate your support there. So that does it for us today. Until next time, Beluga Beluga Sabruga. Sabruga.